turn with me again if you have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, raise your hand. We can put one in your hand. John chapter 16, although you won't need it much because that I'm reading one verse. John 16, verse 4. I had my place. Let me get back to it myself. John, John chapter 16, verse 4. Jesus speaking, red letters in your Bible. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember. There'll be things in your life that when the time comes, God's going to say, remember. What time? Lots of times. This week, there'll be a time come where God will say, remember. The next week, there'll be a time where God will say, remember. There's always things in your life where God will say, when the time, this is Jesus speaking, he'll whisper it by the word of the Holy Spirit. You'll hear that still, small voice, remember, remember, remember. About a half dozen times in the Gospels, Jesus tells the disciples or the listeners to remember. Or he asks if they remember something he has said. He says, do you remember? The word remember is mentioned some 264 times in the scriptures. That gives you an idea that's a pretty big deal. Moses, Joshua, Paul, all commanded the people of God to remember the things that God had done or the things that Christ had said or the things Christ had done. In Jude 1.17, perhaps you've read this verse, but you, beloved... Remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Malachi references a book of remembrance of when the people were talking about the goodness of God. When it comes to spiritual matters and lives yielded to God, the Lord without question wants us to endeavor. You've got to work at remembering. Moses said, even if you have to, write it on your foreheads. So if I see you writing with a Sharpie on your forehead, I see you took this very serious. Hopefully that's metaphoric, but you get the idea. Thousands of times in our lives, interestingly enough, we won't even be trying to remember something, and yet some random memory will pop into our minds. You have this happen? We can be sitting in traffic, some sound, maybe a song we're listening to on the radio, a sight, a smell, can ignite a memory that we hadn't thought of for years. Sometimes we've never thought about it. I remember a couple summers ago, I was walking downtown, and some city bus rolls by, and that beautiful cloud of black smoke that came out of it. And the smell of the diesel of that bus instantly took me back to grade school. Right back to grade school within a, within a flash. And I saw myself on a field trip in Washington, D.C. I grew up inside the D.C. Beltway area. And so I was at a field trip. And I see myself immediately with the smell of that diesel, I'm outside of Smithsonian. Because we did all the field trips. My favorite was the FBI Museum as a kid. And I can see myself in line flicking a kid's ear, and he's flicking mine, and we're trying to step on each other's toes. 
We're playing, this is what we did, kids, rock, paper, scissors, and line. We didn't have smartphones to stare at. We stared at each other and tried to flick each other and do all these different things. And I remember teachers and aides and parent chaperones are all saying, stay in line. Everyone quiet. Keep your hands to yourself. I hear all of this. I don't know who they were talking to. And in my mind, I see the building's granite. I see the entry doors. I see the buses lined up in front. Prince George County and Rundle County, all the school buses lined up. And all because I smelled diesel from a bus. In a second, all of that came back. And suddenly then my mind drifts to inside the Air and Space Museum. It's like a cathedral for young guys. You know, we were like, the Air and Space Museum. But I remember the gift shop holding in my hand Pop Rocks or freeze-dried ice cream. <laughs> Otherwise known as dehydrated ice cream or astronaut ice cream. And I'm like, do I have the funds for both of these? <laughs> Plus a space shuttle. You know, all of these things, I've got them. Do, do I have the funds? Did my parents give me enough? All because of a diesel bus smell. Really, just walking down Richmond two years ago. We've all experienced this type of sudden memories. As a matter of fact, scientists have studied this, that smells and sounds. Some of them aren't good memories either sometimes, but these things, but most of them, they take us back. And it, started, it starts a chain reaction of memories. Our mind stores these things like a large warehouse, a data warehouse, then there's those times where we're trying to remember the past on purpose. We're really trying to. Something we want to review, something we want to revisit. We put all those pictures together because we wanted to remember those times of our time with Randy. Y'all remember these things right here? Oh, sorry. This right here. You remember these things? These ancient artifacts right here, called a VHS. Ah, the old VHS stack. It's somewhere in the attic, in a box, behind furniture you've meant to put in the yard sale for the last 15 years. And then you're like, why didn't I label this better? They all look the same. Is there even a VHS player to be found? Some of you have one. You can, you can corner the market then. You know, when someone needs to show these things, you've got a VHS player. It may be out in left field. It may be some out in left field memory that just popped in your head that actually sends you up into the attic searching for this box. Like you just had a random thought. Yeah, I wonder if we still have those VHSs. But now your effort is Intentional. We're looking on purpose and wanting to invest time and further remember because we want to see what did we put on tape and remember that moment. But also, invariably, when we watch these things, we're like, oh, I totally forgot about that. We went there. Here's your kids. When did we go there? That kind of thing, you know? But it's the intentionality to remember that we're exercising here this morning. That was hard for Michelle, too, by the way. The intentionality to remember these things. We're being purposeful to remember the work of the Lord that, uh, that 
God did in Randy's life, the blessed he was in so many ways and still is in our, our memories and the positive impact on our lives. It's the same reason that I read the biographies of saints of old. I want to know what God did in their life. I want to remember, oh, wow, if you did that in D.L. Moody, you did that in Charles Spurgeon, you did that in C.S. Lewis. I want to remember if they were faithful, then I can probably be faithful. I want to remember that and understand that and appreciate that. In just a bit, we'll remember the incomparable work of the sacrifice and suffering that Jesus did on our behalf when he partook of the Last Supper. That's what God wants us to remember above everything else. It's imperative to never forget his perfect gift. Even when you're dying of cancer like Randy, he was able to focus on the perfect gift of Jesus to remember that, no matter what you're going through. And understand that all these things that come from God, whether they're ancient all the way back to the Old Testament scripture, or they're recent, things that we've seen God do in someone's life, maybe right in this room. You say, wow, I've seen God do a miracle in your life. Whether it's ancient, whether it's recent, whether it's scripture, whether it's the living epistles that we're becoming, they're worth remembering. More than worth remembering, especially as it relates to the Word of God, it's essential that we remember, and we're even commanded to remember, as I just read from the words of Jesus. Jesus said, remember these things that I told you. Why? It's for our good. God doesn't need to remember anything. He doesn't forget anything. We need to remember. We need to remember. It's for our good. It's for our spirits, for our inner man. Now, it's not the focus of my points here this morning, but let me add that it's also my prayer that we can forget our past and present fears and failures and fleshly distractions. Those are things God, things God wants you to forget. Paul said forgetting the past. He also had to forget you know, the great successes of the past. But a lot of times, some things in the past can actually hold you down or hold you in bondage. And those things, I, I pray God dissolves in your life and removes those things in your life, let the Lord consume them with his holy fire, that the mind and the heart can make progress in the things that God wants us to grow in and be encouraged in, because the Lord has a race for us to finish. But some of that race is looking back to what God has done, but not looking back to all the defeats and all those things and living there, that'll just keep you going in circles of misery. But before we join together remembering the sacrifice of Jesus, I just want to take a couple minutes to remind us from a scriptural perspective when and why, when and why we're to remember the Word of God and the work of God, including in the lives of others. Real quick, if you're taking notes. When, in a word, often. Often. And in other words, continually, continually remember what God has done. Often remember what God has done. Nonstop. Particularly as it relates to the word of God and remembering the will of God. What did Jesus say? Thy kingdom done, thy will be done. He was always focused on remembering the will of God, the priorities of God. 
We talk often, at least I do, I, I mention it from the pulpit probably every six weeks or so, but I'll say it again. Uh, I talk often that consistency equals maturity. Consistency equals maturity. The things you become consistent at spiritually will make you more mature spiritually. Convenience is often the opposite of consistency, isn't it? Convenience is very often the complete opposite of consistency. If you're looking for convenience, you can't come to Jesus. He, he didn't have a convenient death on the cross, and he won't provide you with a convenient life, but he will provide you with power for life. Now, especially when it comes to the things God wants to do in our life, it takes consistency. God gave Israel, I'll give you a couple of quick examples. God gave Israel a once-a-week Sabbath, didn't he? That's pretty consistent, isn't it? Once a week, Sabbath. Once a week, gather and worship. It became, I don't know if you know this, but it became even more frequent when the church was birthed in the book of Acts. They started to gather more than once a week. They, they said, well, hey, we're going to take once a week and actually multiply that. And they started getting together a lot more often. Post-resurrection, that is. Israel was given the Passover in the first month of the year, and they were given the Day of Atonement in the seventh month of the year. Now, we're in day seven. We're not on a Hebrew calendar. We're on a Gregorian calendar. But they had the first month and the seventh month. Now, that's interesting because the first month starts, and the seventh month is at the midpoint. What does that tell us? Well, they needed to be reminded, both with the Passover and the Day of Atonement, that it's God's sacrifice that keeps us pure. God's sacrifice. We need a reminder to start the year. We definitely need a midpoint reminder. We need a lot of other reminders by the work of the Spirit and the Word itself. We will not have to remember, though. These are things we won't have. We will not have to remember to pick up our smartphones or to get distracted or to complain. We'll do that very naturally, won't we? It's built into our flesh's DNA to do things that really are counterproductive. I'm not saying that they're all monstrosity sins. I'm just saying that it's built in our DNA just to do things that are counterproductive. We have to work at, die to self to the things that God actually calls us to remember. We have to daily choose to remember the promises of God that are found in the Word of God. Psalm 1 states that we're to meditate in the word day and night. There's no other time. You ever wake up in the middle of the night just unsettled? I immediately start thinking about the Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God. You don't even know why sometimes. It's just life. We're to marinate on it. And by the way, when you get sick, as Randy did, oh, it really helps you zero in on what God always wanted your focus to be anyway. Now, Randy, the Lord was the center of his life, but I'm just telling you, when you know your days are short, it magnifies what's really important. Wouldn't you agree? Even country stars have sang about that. Tim McGraw, I think, had a song about that. You know, you know, you know that the fact that when you're going to die, you start to think about, what, what am I really living for? And God says, remember the word of the Lord. Um, and Randy had the right spiritual habits, but they became his deepest strength and his darkest hours. Did you catch that? He had the right spiritual habits. Do you have the right spiritual habits today for future darkness? 
They became his deepest strength when those storms came. No matter what, we'll have to remember and remind ourselves of the goodness of God. The world will not remind you of how good God is. They'll try to remind you that God is not even existing. You'll have to say, Lord, I'm reminding myself, your spirit is reminding me of your goodness. Why, a couple of months I had us close the service with singing that song, God is so good. We have to remind ourselves that he's good because we kind of take for granted his goodness a lot, don't we? I'm thankful I'm still alive. How about you? Psalm 103.2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Why does it tell us that? Because we can forget the benefits of God. When you get up in the morning, very simple, Lord, help me to remember your grace and your love and to remember you throughout the day. What about why? Why do we do this? We know the when. The when is often. The when is continually. The when is, Lord, help me to not forget. Help me to not forget. It's okay. Remember I told you that I love the spiritual tip from D.L. Moody. It's a simple thing. Lord, help me to pray. When you don't feel like praying, Lord, help me to pray. That simple prayer will get you praying. You say, I'm so dry. Don't feel like praying. You simply say, Lord, help me to pray. And boom, you'll start praying. Because God will not resist that request. If you say, Lord, make me more popular than anybody, he'll resist that request. Satan will come running to you for that request because he knows that you'll, you'll enter into self-worship. But if you say, Lord, help me to pray, that's a prayer that God will answer. So why do we remember? Remembering God's Son, remembering his truth, and remembering his faithfulness, remembering his goodness, remembering his love, and what he has done in the past, in the present, in others, is an anchor to us in turbulent waters. When we remember the faithfulness of God, it's an anchor to us regardless of what else is going on around us or even inside of us. Pastor Randy, he would remind himself often. He'd remind me when I'd come to visit him when he was, uh, when he was dying and others who would come to visit. He would remind, he couldn't say a lot because when you have brain cancer, the words were hard to come out. You could only say a few things anyway, but he would say this almost every time I visited him. He will never leave us or forsake us. Found in the book of Hebrews. We're in the book of Hebrews. He will never leave us or forsake us. And he didn't have to finish the sentence and I would, it would just kind of, I would get calmed down even if he was already, you know, just I would come in there feeling probably worse than him. Sometimes we feel forsaken. Sometimes, maybe sometime this week you felt forsaken. If we're born again in Jesus, our feelings are bold-faced lying to us. God's never forsaken us. We've forsaken people. We've forsaken God. Many, many times we've forsaken God, but God has never forsaken us. Randy would encourage himself and me with this simple truth. And when you have brain cancer, you need go-to anchors. Not long passages. You need little, little Anchors that are really strong that you can grab onto quickly. And if the word is true, and it definitely is, the remembrance and belief in what the word says brings power and it brings peace. If we don't believe these things, we might as well join the unbelieving world and numbing ourselves rather 
than the Lord sustaining us by his spirit. There are a million ways the world is numbing itself rather than God rebuilding and renewing them. By the way, numbing yourself is just a slow death. It won't help anything. We need to be refreshed by God. In our next study in Hebrews, you know this verse, but it's in the fourth chapter. We're going to enter into the fourth chapter in just a couple weeks. For the word of God is living and powerful. Living and powerful. Not just powerful, but alive. Do you believe that today in 2019 when the rest of the world think the Bible's just old hat? Yeah, a collection of stories. It's radically changed my life. How about you? I know it's alive because it lives within me. The Word of God, uh, Jesus is the Word. We need to stop and remember and get into the Word. Spurgeon said about this, he spoke about, I think on a Sunday service, he kind of pointed to the Word. He said, this volume right here, this volume, this is his exact words, is the writing of the living God. Each letter was penned with an almighty finger. Each word in it dropped from the everlasting lips. Each sentence was dictated by the Holy Spirit. Everywhere I find God speaking. It is God's voice, not man's. The words are God's words. The words are eternal, the invisible, the almighty, the Jehovah of the earth. That's the way he described the Word of God. But many people say, eh, I'd rather read the Wall Street Journal. No power there. It's more bad news, right? Yeah. But the Word of God. Let me say that the Word of God and the life of Jesus, and again, his, one of Jesus' name is what? The Word. Is the most par paramount truth to fixate on. If you're going to remember anything, remember Jesus. But God does use other means of remembrance to stir us. Wouldn't you agree? He doesn't only use the word. It's the primary thing. But the work of the Spirit, uh, even if he uses something other than the word, it always ties back to the word. Does that make sense? In other words, God can use a circumstance that's not a, it's not a biblical thing. I could be watching a sport, and I could get a mind that takes me back to a scriptural reference. So he'll use other things, but it always ties back to the word. I will sometimes intentionally, we were, my wife and I were on our 25th wedding anniversary, and we're, we were down on the southwest coast of Florida, and I'm sitting there at the beach just staring out into aqua blue waters all by myself, and I was intentionally, because I hadn't, many times over the last year I've been so busy, I haven't even had time to really think about even grieve over Randy passing, but I was intentionally thinking about him, but with no one around but the ocean which God created, the skies which God created, and just intentionally. And that had me not just think about him, but all these verses started coming to my mind. Do you follow me? So he'll use situations, but it still will tie back to the Word of God. Um... It didn't make me, as I thought about Randy, uh, and I think I told you, Michelle, about that. I'm sitting there thinking, it didn't make me want to give up on life. No. It spurred me to become more like Jesus, become more like Christ. Recently, going through old photos, my, uh, our oldest daughter graduated from high school recently, and it's, it inspired me as I'm going through these old photos uh, to reexamine how am I leading as a husband? How am I leading as a father? How I, I look at these old photos and I blink and our kids are one and then they're 10 and then they're 19. 
How am I leading? Am I investing and discipling them? Am I making new memories that are actually wholesome, clean, godly memories? Let's be willing and purposeful to remember, brothers and sisters, the amazing grace of Jesus. Amen? We've got a purpose. Moses said in, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, remember the Lord who brought you out. I want to close with that. Remember Jesus who brought you out and brought Randy home and will bring you home as we keep our eyes on him. Amen? Father, we just bow our heads now. And Lord, we just want to take a few moments to remember your death and sacrifice, shedding of your blood. We can never appreciate enough, but Lord, you told us to, to do this. You told us to take the time to take of the cup and to take of the bread and to remember your sacrifice. For Lord, because of your death and your resurrection, you conquered sin, you conquered disease, you conquered death. And Lord, as we remember that every force of darkness has been defeated, it'll lift our spirit. It'll have us to go into all the world and preach the gospel with joy because we're on the winning side of the risen Savior. And so we pray, Lord, now that you would just, uh, just quiet our minds, still our hearts as we take just a few moments to worship and to partake of this Lord's Supper that you have commanded for us to remember. It's in Jesus' name I pray.